another popular jurisdiction, Malta. Uh, we, we know that there's a, a legal matter being, uh, I guess, litigated right now. What is your sense? I know you, nobody has a crystal ball, but you know, given that you're European and you have a legal background, what, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, and again, nobody's holding you to any predictions, but what are your thoughts as to how this matter would unfold? It is, I mean, it's a very, very interesting case and it's uh, a very interesting thing. I mean, I believe that basically on one side, every country has its own right to decide who is going to be a citizen on, mm. on, on legal grounds. Um, it is understandable as well that the European Union in some way wants to make sure that, you know, the the, the people that are going to be granted citizenship of are of, uh, um, of good standards, which is actually what the the Maltese authorities do. They have, I would believe it is the, I believe it is the, the strictest compliance uh, process in terms of, of citizenship. It is very, very hard, to be honest with you. I work not only here in Henley, but, but in another Maltese company as well. It's very, very hard. It's very, very strict. Um, and it's the most successful, if not one of the most successful citizenship by investment regulations worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming to, uh, to your questions, at the end of the day, what I believe it is that um, there's going to be, in terms of the result, Malta has a very strong case uh, under, um, under its, its arm uh, for certain. The result of that, who knows what can happen, but uh, we always expect they, they are positive um, for the whole market, not not only for Malta, for the whole investment migration market. And for that, I mean, in all stakeholders, including the European Union, because at the end of the day, these programs, they bring a huge load of foreign direct investment. They bring, um, you know, just basically prosperity in terms of um, the money, the contributions um, give to the national funds that allows to build roads, to build schools, to build shelters or different NGOs uh, activities that they can do. Um, it helps as well to bring nationals from another jurisdictions which are already successful entrepreneurs and they can fall in love with the country and then move there and pay their taxes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that it is a win-to-win situation. Um, yeah. Important thing it is. Uh, Compliance procedures. I think that, you know, we all hope that it is going to come into a, into a good decision for everyone. Mm-hmm. But right now, mm-hmm. we have to wait and see. Okay, understood. Wait and see. So yes, there there are definitely benefits. But on the flip side, I mean, the EU has made it clear they don't like it. They 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 grab the ex- any excuse available, like for what we saw in Cyprus, Montenegro, and. There's the, there's the argument that you are, you know, people are being, yes, they get citizenship for, let's say, Malta or Portugal, but they don't stay there. Malta is pretty tiny, right? So they use it as a, like a gateway into to the European Union. And particularly if they come through the, like a golden visa route where there's minimum or no residency requirement, they don't necessarily have that connection to the country, to Europe. So I, I guess I, I can see the, the, the different perspectives. And on the back of that, in December, the, one of the, uh, the senior government officials in Portugal, he made some comments that were, I mean, they were suitably vague about reviewing the golden visa program, but people somehow interpreted that uh, in a in a negative rather than a positive way. So I'm asking two things. What are, what are your interpretations of, of the sentiment coming from Portugal and whether there are, ser- there are similar reflections on the part of the government in Spain as well? Perfect. I mean, 
On that, basically, we'd like to to go back into something that that, that you touch base in terms of the genuine links, you know, with a future citizen and the, and the country. At the end of the day, um, those genuine links, you know, in terms of Malta, they are basically given because not only the applicant is making his contribution to the to the government, to the then donations to NGOs, but also he has um, his uh, residence there. He stays in Malta for for some time, and also once he's given citizen, he is subject to compliance during the next five years, which mm. is something that no other jurisdiction does it. Um, the next five years he has to be subject to compliance. Uh, that is revised by the by Comunica Malta um, before the IAP agency. And, um, and yes, just basically it's very, all those sort of things are checks and balances that, that helps, uh, that helps in that. So, um, going Sorry, that, that's an interesting point. I wasn't aware of that. Could you talk a bit about the compliance that you have to abide by for five years? What exactly does one need to do? No, it's, it's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, once you get, once you're a citizen of Malta, you have every year, you have to submit a compliance pack, which is basically, um, a couple of forms declaring to the, to the government where you're a tax resident and, uh, that you still have, you know, or you're in compliance with the uh, Maltese regulations that give you mm. the right to citizen, basically, you know, mm. having the property uh, either purchased of over the minimum threshold of 750,000 or rented for mm. over 18 or whatever it is, it is in, in the particular mm. case. Okay. Um, that needs to be done, basically, on, on a yearly basis. The government does its own compliance, you know, on the, on the applicant, and that is done for five years. So there is... This is a regular, you know, follow up on the applicants to ensure that they are, you know, proper uh, proper Maltese. They don't do it just basically for for anything. Anything happens at the end of the day, you never know what is going to happen in the future. So yeah. that is a safe code at the end of the day, which which is also important. It's also interesting. Um, that's why I mean, in terms of compliance for Malta, it is the country that has the highest level of compliance, and uh, it helps, you know, to balance out, you know, mm-hmm. that's that sort of thing. So also their compliance procedure is top top notch in the sense that the client needs to disclose absolutely everything, you know, in terms of his assets and several different things. But uh, so it's a very clear and transparent program. Um in terms of uh, of Portugal and Spain, I mean you mentioned that back in December. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's uh, that's correct. Um but after that there were no no changes of heart, let's put it that way. You know, I mean, the, the Portuguese program remains open, remains strong, remains steady. Um, it was a little bit of, um, yeah, just basically, how would you call it? Um, fear, let's put it that way, yeah. suddenly from one way to the other. Yeah. But, uh, but no, it's basically that stays there, remains, remains there as well. The same thing that in Spain, in Spain, there are no news that it is going to close or not, right? It's just basically, in fact, Right now in December, there are a few things that have been modified for the goods. So basically, the first residence card last year was issued for two years. This year is for three years, and that is renewed for yeah. five years. So there are very little things, but actually they they show that you know the government is looking to to keep on it, uh, to keep with it. The Spanish program works very very well. The Spanish government is very efficient once the application has been submitted. You have decisions very quick, very fast. Um, so, so, so yes. I mean, I don't see those those two programs going going anywhere. Okay, understood. Now, I'm, I'm going to shift a little bit uh, to to the east, Cyprus. 
uh, I, I saw somewhere in the headlines, I think it was last month. So we, we for those who are listening, we're having this conversation in February 2023. So when I say last month, I mean January. There was some headline about over 200 passports were or citizenships were revoked from Cyprus, I think it was. Uh, do you have any insight or any comments on that? And should that be, should should one be concerned about that? Well, I mean, I don't have much to comment there on, to be honest with you. If uh, the Cyprus authorities basically decided to, to revoke those passports, it was basically because probably some rule of law wasn't followed at the time yeah. that, was, uh, that was issued. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it is, if that's the case, which should be the case, um, it is something that one would say, why? But at the same time, if the rule of law wasn't followed, they are doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. So it is writing a wrong at the end of the day, mm -hmm. but it is, it, it is perhaps a sad, but a good notice for the, for the, for the, for the audience in general, I would, I would say. Okay. Good. Uh so if you're a six, seven or eight figure investor, entrepreneur or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.